0: Church member, You are! Yes, you are! Okay, perhaps talking to church members like that—they are infants—doesn't help in any way. But have you ever wondered what makes a good church member? Loving God is foremost and obvious, and respecting those around us is important, too. But a good church member will work to build the body of Christ, in Scripture and in stature. That doesn't mean ignore or disregard injustices and wrongs. But a good church member will not seek to divide the body of Christ. There are so many around us today who will make accusations and spread stories so that the faith in the church is weakened. Mm. It happened back then, and it still happens today. Though technology has changed how we do things, we've gone from zero to face before we knew it. The spiritual distortions in the world around us are similar to what Paul faced in the early church. Unless you know Christ and continue to keep your faith in Him alone, it is easy to help misplace it and lose your trust in His church. But the body of Christ has always remained faithful. Through the persecution, reformation, confusion, the 60s, disco, and yes, today. It has remained faithful because the focus has been Christ, not human distortions around us. That's life. Church life. I'm Sarah May Clone, and this is Sabbath School University.
1: Offering information for your mind enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world.
0: Hi, and welcome back to Sabbath School U. My name is Sarah McClone, and I am your host for the day. And with me, I have a lovely panel. So if you wouldn't mind, I know one of you has been on the show before, and the other two are brand new. So if we could just introduce ourselves and then tell me something that you like to do outside. Okay, okay. starting with you.
2: My name is Jaime Vargas, and I really enjoy wakeboarding. I'm not good at it yet, but the hope <laughs> is that one day I'll be... Pro status, but
0: pro status. pro status. Oh, aiming high. Yeah, I like that.
2: And very ambitious, but yeah, I'm <laughs> very <laughs>
3: ambitious. That's yes, awesome. Well, good to see you, Jaime. Thanks for Thank being you. here. Hi, I'm um, Chantel Smith. I've been here before, so it's great to be back here with you Yay. again and the School U team. Um, one thing that I really like doing outside is I love playing soccer, um, yeah. center Woo-hoo. midfield. But um, I think I get injured more than I do play because <laughs> the guys they don't go easy here yeah. on you. So it's it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of pain. Yeah, good times. that's good. It makes
0: you stronger, yes, girl. Built-in yeah. character. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Awesome. Good to see you again, Chantal.
1: Hi, my name is Michael Kingdom, and I'm from Southern California. And one of the things that I enjoy doing here on the Andrews campus, back home I like doing some bodyboarding at the beach, but since, I can't really do that around here. I love tennis. Ooh. I love tennis. Oh, wow. And I thought wow. I was good until I came here. Yes!
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's no shortage awesome. of good uh, tennis players here at mm-hmm. Andrews University.
0: So. Yeah. Wow. So you went from like yeah. bodyboarding, you said bodyboarding, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To like yeah. tennis. So it's like. Yeah hardcore to like the more preppies.
1: Like,
0: <laughs> it's amazing. Well done. Pretty much. But, you pretty know, much, you yeah. have a great sweater on to play tennis in. I don't know. Yeah,
1: a little break bad. a sweat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's good. It's good. All right. Well, I'm really glad that you're all here, um, and I know it will be a good discussion. Uh, Mike, if you wouldn't mind sure. reading the scripture, and then Chantelle, would you mind praying? Absolutely. So go ahead, Mike, and read the scripture.
1: All right. So our opening scripture is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20. Mm-hmm. And it says, "Do not despise prophecies."
3: Mm. Bam, that's
0: well stated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Words.
3: All right, Chantel, if you could pray for us, sure. Father in heaven, Lord, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to be here with um, this team of people that are going to be discussing the Sabbath school lesson, Lord. I just ask that your Holy Spirit would be with us, God, that you would touch the hearts of those that are listening and watching. Mm -hmm. And God, that people would ultimately be transformed for your kingdom, God. We love you so much and we bless your name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys.
0: Thank you so much again for being here. And I'm really excited. This topic is one of those dodgy ones that I don't think a lot of young people want to talk about Mm -hmm. sometimes because it's a little scary because you never know what could happen with what you say. But it's on church life, which is lesson 10. Mm -hmm. So I know that there's so many, there's a plethora of questions that we could go through, but I guess my first question to you is uh, we talk about, this week's lesson talks about church life and in what ways is church life uh, an important spiritual topic? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So how does this apply?
1: Well, (laughs) Um, I, what I personally would say is, it's a very relevant topic because nowadays you have a lot of young people, including myself, right. who often wonder, you know, is church always necessary? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've got people who go to church all the time. You've got right. people who go to church sometimes, and then people who might just show up, you know, for Christmas and Easter, or something. <laughs> and right. probably not at all right. You know, yeah. and um, you know that's a very relevant topic because <laughs> oftentimes we come to church. You know, and, you know, in some places, if you feel welcome, that's great. But in some other places, if you don't feel welcome, it's like, why do I have to even be here? You Mm -hmm, know. mm So I think that, you know, are there always going to be those options where it's necessary or unnecessary? Or is it always helpful or should we walk away? Right. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely gets a little scary sometimes because, like you said, some people just don't feel welcome Mm -hmm. in churches. Mm -hmm. And so they're just totally turned off to the entire idea Mm -hmm, of it, Mm -hmm. which is really... Really sad because Mm -hmm. there's so much that can come from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any other insights on church life and how it's important to our spiritual topic? Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like church life has a lot to do with some people's spirituality. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm.
3: I think, like, when we think about church life, often, like, I think young people like ourselves, like, we don't think about church life as a spiritual topic because Uh... church doesn't seem spiritual all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And the way people treat each other, the way people connect with people. It just doesn't seem like a very spiritual atmosphere at all the time and I think for young people we're very this generation especially very sensitive to the spiritual elements Mm -hmm. of of Mm -hmm. Christianity and of you know Mm -hmm. Adventism especially and so um, I think that we don't necessarily think of it in that genre of being a a spiritual a spiritual topic but I think that it's a very important thing to be talking about because ultimately church life is what helps to regulate our Christianity helps to keep us active and involved and community is so integral integral to um, Christian growth, you Mm -hmm. know, just to heart growth. Um, and so I think it's really good that we're talking about this.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think sometimes you brought it out, you know, we, we differentiate between spirituality and Mm -hmm.
3: church,
2: Mm -hmm. which I
0: kind of feel that was the whole purpose of church, right? right? Right. But I think that we, we make church part of the checklist, Mm -hmm. part of the, this is what I got to do on this certain Mm -hmm. day. And then Spirituality quota done for the week, right. you know, <laughs> and you don't really get anything from it. You just know that you're supposed to stand or sit mm-hmm. or sing this hymn or the, you know say that mm-hmm. prayer. You know, you just get into the routine and forget about the actual intimate connection. Right, so, right. Yeah. right, yeah, absolutely.
2: I do think it is a necessary topic because we recall God saying, "It is not good for man to be alone." Mm-hmm. And in my personal experience, church has been such a blessed help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have found that we cannot go through life alone. We really can't. We need people to support us. We need our Jonathans. We need our Nathans, you know, Mm -hmm. and we can find those helps in church. So to talk about church is to, in essence, create a foundation of support for us that we need if we hope to get through this Christian Mm -hmm. walk.
0: Absolutely. And going off of that, how is your own culture's attitude toward authority impacted the church in your area? Because I know a lot of us come from different backgrounds. I mean, just right here, I mean, we have a whole mm-hmm. spectrum <laughs> of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes our church is all, like, changed according to that culture mm-hmm. or that background. So they're not all the same. Mm-hmm. So how has your own culture's attitude changed that? Changed that?
2: Well, honestly, I struggle with that question. At first I saw it. I didn't know what it was asking me. And then I thought about <laughs> it for a bit. I'm Hispanic, so I come from a very Hispanic background. Um, right one of the, I guess, biggest things that has happened in my church is the youth tend to be, I don't want to use the word "hotheaded," but they tend to be very excitable, very right. assertive. Mm-hmm. And I have found that many times the youth in the church has clashed with the elders in mm-hmm. authority. And it's hard. How do you reconcile the spunky attitude of youth with the, most, the more sober uh, attitude of the elderly? And mm-hmm. it's something that I'm beginning to study beginning to learn about. I haven't quite found the answer yet, but I hope that we can live in a church where the youth who tend to be more excited right. can work together with mm. the elders who aren't as full of energy, but can have something to offer right. to
1: the and youth. I think it's just
0: mm. a different generation because mm-hmm. back when they were growing up, it was probably a solemn thing. You know, you yeah. walk in and that's just what they were taught. Mm-hmm. And so if they can see the connectivity and it's not all just crazy, Yeah. there's a, I mm-hmm. guess, order to the madness or whatever mm-hmm. the saying is you know so yeah. it's like it, it's there and so i like your point of working together in order mm-hmm. to create mm-hmm. a good reaction yeah absolutely
3: mm-hmm. well i'm italian and jamaican and oh, wow. so like <laughs> <cool>. my culture <laughs> move around. Around. <laughs> my culture is like a mix of wow. things and so i guess yeah. i can speak a little bit more i think i identify more with the millennial generation right. so that would be kind of the culture that i would be more geared to I guess feel comfortable speaking right. on behalf yeah. of, um, and it's. Uh, I think church life is so important for millennials because right. um, it's something that happens every week. And the millennial, the millennial generation is a generation that faces like a whole bunch of inconsistencies within society, um, and just a lot of relativity. Everything's up and down, you know. Mm-hmm. And so church is the one thing that kind of helps to regulate and add consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's interesting is that when I look at Genesis two, I when I look at Genesis three verse. Um, Genesis three verse uh, verses um sorry <laughs> you can do it Genius. Genesis three verses sixteen mm-hmm. okay. nice. um at the end of it it says yet your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you and I've often struggled with this concept of authority and hierarchy Mm -hmm. and when I look at Genesis 3 um, I realize that hierarchy and authority you know hierarchy and ruling over each other wasn't necessarily something that was a part of God's plan but was something that was introduced afterward as a result of the fall Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so um, you know we often often take these texts and we bash women or we bash men or we we bash different groups of people but I don't think hierarchy at least I don't think hierarchy was something that God originally um, designed in creation for humans to right. be ruling over each other I right. mean we have dominion over the fish and over the sea and over the birds mm-hmm. and over the lions right. and all that other stuff mm-hmm. right. but we weren't supposed to rule over each other that hmm. came in as a result of the fall and I think that as, millenni- as a as a millennial you know, reaching a consciousness of, of of spirituality in terms of mm-hmm. wanting to connect with God. You know, millennials mm-hmm. have this desire to want to connect with something right. external to themselves, Absolutely. something that can help them understand their identity more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with authority, the problem is that they struggle with not so much authority but how authority is displayed yeah so um, I think that in the church you know we have the elders we've got the deacons and Mm -hmm. you know they impose sometimes they can be very um, forward with the way that they impose their rules and their structures Mm -hmm. and their principles upon young people Mm -hmm. without really understanding them and I think that's where the clash comes in with young people like millennials like dealing with the old school generation um, right. of how they would run things, right. and the new school generation that wants to come in and do something right. different and make church life and that's exactly th- true because mm-hmm. they don't exactly want just the rule. They want to know why mm-hmm. the
0: rule oh, yeah. is there or why we do this. Right. You know, it's not just about this is what we do. Mm-hmm. End of conversation. Mm-hmm. They need mm-hmm. to answer the why. Right, and I think that our generation has maybe uh, caused a bit of chaos because we don't we do ask a lot of why questions, and it's not always in the smoothest manner. It's like, <laughs> oh, wise man why do you speak of such things? It's not like that. It's more like, it's like, what, why? You know, like, that's my reaction. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not just really polite mm-hmm. all the time. So mm-hmm. I think that our communication skills, like you were pointing out, we need to work together in order mm-hmm. to try to communicate sure. those things. You look like you have something to say.
1: Well, I think I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, actually, uh, uh, so I come from a more, you know, Filipino culture. Mm. I mean, I'm from Southern California, but, you know, I've done a lot of mission trips to the Philippines, and I see different dynamics. And one of the things is, you know, Traditionally, in the Filipino culture, there's a very strong church is the center Mm. type of, you know, deal, you know, when it comes to church. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the pastors, there's a high level of respect, you know, um, they can make a lot of big and heavy decisions, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, you know, church is the center. Now, when you come over here to America, it might be you know, mono-ethnic. You know, everybody mm-hmm. might be Filipino, but it's multicultural. You're right. Because, mm. you know, you've got people from the Philippines, you've Absolutely. got people from other countries, you have people from here, mm-hmm. you know, who grew up over here. Yeah. So, you know, and oftentimes, like you said, when it comes to questions, um, sometimes the old school can be threatened by that. Mm-hmm. It, You know, and there are those who aren't, but mm-hmm. then sometimes, you know, it can be misinterpreted as a form mm-hmm. of rebellion, All Right. which mm-hmm. sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. But there has to be that healthy discussion, and there has to be some way where, you know, you have the different kinds of cultures within the church do make plans together. Mm-hmm. And churches that I've seen work have plans together. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And going off of that, I mean, that's mm-hmm. another good question. How does the Apostle Paul talk about how church leaders should treat other members? Because mm-hmm. I think there's often a disconnect. And... I mean, I've been fortunate enough to grow up in so many different cultures that I don't even know what my culture is anymore, mm-hmm. but at the same time, each culture, you kind of have to step in and know your part, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, some cultures, the, the church leaders want you to question and talk mm-hmm. to them and be challenging, mm-hmm. and other ones, you best be quiet and sit there, <laughs> you
1: know what I mean, <laughs> and it's just, it's
0: just the differences within culture. So what do you guys think on that?
2: Well. Here in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verses 14, mm-hmm. I think the lesson focused on that verse, and it says, And we urge you, b- brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and this is my favorite part, be patient with them all.
3: Mm.
2: I think patience is such a heavenly vir- virtue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, When I first decided to be a theology major, my mom came up and talked to me, because she's been in many church board meetings, and mm-hmm. she was like, Hi, man, Are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, Aren't you supposed to be happy for me? And she was like, Well, yeah. But I have seen your personality, and I've been in church board meetings. And right. you need to. The pastor has to have the patience of the saints, literally, mm-hmm. yeah. to deal mm-hmm. with right. people who sometimes can act like little and cho- children. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow. <laughs> like <little> how, <laughs> you know, how? am I she going to? How am I going to be able to be a leader in this environment? Right. And mm-hmm. here. You know, Paul says, be patient with them all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like a father and like a mother raising their children, they're going to, they have to learn to crawl before they walk, and they have to learn to walk before they run. And you have mm-hmm. to be patient throughout that whole process. We can't, I believe we can't come to church with, we have to have ideals, but we can't have unrealistic expectations of what we expect right. of others. When we see them fall, we have to remind ourselves we live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And as leaders, we have to be patient with those flaws mm-hmm. and be willing to Absolutely. have the mind of Christ saying, he dealt with 12 d- disciples who three years and a half with being with them, they didn't get it.
3: <laughs> they still were you know? lost.
2: So we have to be like, okay, you know, they, don't, they might not get it the first right. time, but right. how can I continue to teach them and admonish them and not give up on them? Because right. so many of us give up and say, well, he doesn't get it. Well, I'm going to forget about this member and move on to the next one. Right. No, we have to keep striving individually with each mm, m- m- member. And mm-hmm. patience is just such a blessed thing. When, when, when a child sees patience in the mm-hmm. face of his mentor, he wants to be with them. He wants to continue right. to spend time with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Right. If he feels pressure to change, if he feels like he, his mentor is losing patience with him, right. it's like, I don't want to be with you anymore. Right. You scare me. You, you're you forcing me to do, do things that I'm bad at, and you're not encouraging me healthily. Hmm. Hmm. So
3: Absolutely.
2: patience is key. I Absolutely.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. Chantal's like, yeah, amen. Yeah, you preach <laughs> it right there. I'm on board. And I get a copy of that sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, and I think you brought up some really excellent points. And I think we forget so often um, how much even just your facial expressions right. mm-hmm. like portray. Because right. mm-hmm. I know I've been on some board meetings, or people's facial expressions. I just want to crawl under the table. Right. Like oh I, I'm done. Right. I'm, right. I thought I was, you know, I was even theological and everything with my <laughs> presentation. And like the way you're looking at me right now, I'm kind of scared for yeah. my life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that, that it's true. Our, we we project our true intention and Mm -hmm. our emotion and people will naturally go towards and you know follow people Mm -hmm. that have that spirit and i think that's great yeah yeah
1: um just a quick comment you know um i'm not too familiar about what paul says about Mm -hmm. you know how clergy should treat you know the laity, but one thing i know that christ says Mm -hmm. is that you know he was talking to his disciples and he said that you know out there in the world you know the rulers and the the kings and all those people you know they like to lord it over people and tell them what to do Mm -hmm. But he said, but not so Uh with you. Mm. He says that, you know, the greatest among you will be the servant. So (laughs) in other words, you know, we're as pastors or as ministers or as chaplains or whatever, Mm -hmm. we're not here to call the shots. We're not here to, Mm -hmm. you know, lord it over people and Mm. just tell them what to do we're here to serve the church Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're, ho- we're supposed to be the servants so, absolutely. and I, I think that that's a very healthy way mm-hmm. absolutely and leadership. it goes for
0: everyone within the congregation mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the face of the congregation mm-hmm. yeah. right. as the pastor mm-hmm. it's like we all make this up so mm-hmm. we all have our part whether yes. you're the one cleaning the pews at the end of the weekend you know or right. whether you're the one up front preaching it doesn't matter you still have that absolutely. spirit mm-hmm. to like portray to people Absolutely. and that's the God that's maybe the only God that they'll ever see mm-hmm. outside right. of those walls you know and mm-hmm. so that's a really great way to bring James Jesus up. Hey. hey good He's call. Always good an call. Answer. Awesome. That's right. So according to Thessalonians five, sixteen through eighteen, which I would like one of you actually to read, what three things does Paul consider the will of God for every single believer? And well, why is it 16, so important? 16. So five sixteen through eighteen, who would like to read that? I can read that, that's okay. fine.
2: It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks mm-hmm. in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you.
3: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Alright. I think like when I think about this question, um, you know, it's it's a question that I think I I definitely struggle with. Um, just because the language that Paul Paul uses is so extreme. Like, right. mm-hmm. he says, rejoice always. Right. Always. Okay? Mm, pray without ceasing. Mm. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So he says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. And I don't think that when Paul's talking here he's necessarily saying that this is the will of God that you rejoice that you pray and that you give thanks. Right. But the will of God is <laughs> that you maintain a consistency. Mm. The will of God is that you have a conti- that you're right. continually doing these things. Right. It's so easy for us to um you know, to rejoice or to pray when things are going good. It's easy oh, yeah. to rejoice when you get the when yeah, you get the right. paycheck. That's it's right. easy to pray when, you know, every you feel really you're on a spiritual high mm-hmm. or you're yeah. on the Absolutely. mountain with Jesus. It's it's great to give thanks when, you know, things are going good, but Paul is like the will of God for your life is that even when things aren't going yeah, good, especially. even when you break up with that boyfriend or that girlfriend, even mm-hmm. when you lose, you know, that job, even when you <laughs> don't, like get don't
1: get personal <laughs> experience. She's, She's laying it on, She's <laughs> it on me. She's laying it
3: on Even when you don't get that good, good, good grade, that um, God has called us right. even in those moments to rejoice and Absolutely. to to give thanks in all things and to still praise His name. And the will of God is to be in a place of um, not always that you're okay and that you don't feel pain, Mm -hmm. but that you're able to say God is greater, more sovereign and above all of these things. And so, um, that's what I think. Yeah. And it's not about being in denial Mm -hmm. because like some Mm -hmm. people are like, well, I'm just going to
0: ignore the world. Like nothing can touch me. Mm -hmm. Everything's perfect. (laughs) But it's about that connectivity Mm -hmm. with God. And it's like, once you have that connectivity, you can't help, but like Mm -hmm. get excited about it, you know, and like rejoice. And I mean, how often are we joyful always mm. and how often do we continuously wow. mm-hmm. pray mm-hmm. i know i pray way more during finals week mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i am on point my devotions mm-hmm. are there <laughs> god if i give you 20 minutes i know you're giving me 40 minutes of wisdom <laughs> you know what i mean like I, I know sometimes i i do the typical i fall into that pattern and it's like how often in my everyday life when things are going good mm-hmm. do i you know truly like pray
3: mm-hmm.
0: You know, or is it only when something happens, like you said? And so I I think that that's a really great point, and I think too often we dumb it down, Mm -hmm. and we don't bring it into our
3: church life at all. Right, and it's like, you know, as Christians, a lot of Christians, I don't want to single out any group of Christians, but a lot (laughs) of Christians... Um, we are we are so emotional, like mm-hmm. we are so oh, yeah. feeling based. You know, some people try to say, yeah. "Oh, women are emotional, or men are logical." But no, we're all emotional. face <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. when you were talking about <laughs> that no, <Grand> no, <laughs> like, We are all emotional beings, yeah. and I just think that um you know, when we're feeling pain, like you know, the challenge is to, right. to 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 turn our eyes away from the pain and to look to Christ right. and mm. to be able to be like God. Yeah, sure. I rejoice because you know, you still died on the cross for me, and yeah. it's not yeah. easy. I'm I'm not there. Not some right. days I just want to stay in my bed. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, I think that's a challenge yeah. for that we face as Christians. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like
2: what you said. Is, it's not about being in denial. Because mm. for the longest time, I would read this chapter or this passage, and I would say, wow, God, so you want us to be fake about mm-hmm. it? Do you want us to go mm-hmm. to church with a fake smile on our faces? Right. And I don't think that's what it is. Right. I was talking to my dean a few days ago, and he said, contentment and happiness are two different things.
3: Mm. Whoa.
2: And I was like, wow. Write a book. <laughs> it's a very you know deans tend to say the deepest things but i thought about it what does it mean to be happy what does it mean to be right. content right. contentment and happy happiness is such a fleeting emotion right. mm-hmm. but contentment is what god call, calls us to right. um contentment is a lot more similar in nature to joy happiness and joy i've learned to distinguish mm-hmm. things joy is being able to be happy amid circumstances in proverbs i think it says met uh, laughter is a medicine of the heart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed, you know, I have had horrible days and I go talk to certain classmates and they try so hard to make me laugh. And I'm <laughs> trying not to laugh. And it's funny, you know, what they're doing. And right. I'm like, I'm like, dude, stop, please get away from me. And he's like, I can, I can see you starting to smile. And I'm right. like, fine, you know, and I, you know, let out a smile and right. I, I let out a laugh and I feel a bit better. I'm like, wow, you know, my, mm-hmm. my life isn't as bad as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And I think it's practicing this attitude of right. optimism, which is hard because certain people are naturally optimistic. I have mm-hmm. a friend who is always smiling, and I look to that smile for joy. He's always cheery, he's always has this childlike charm about him. Mm-hmm. And other people, I, I include myself with this, are very melancholic. Mm-hmm. I, I think you were talking about feelings. Mm-hmm. I rely on feelings so much. I am one of the. <laughs> I, it's it's, all an emotional roller coaster for me. Sometimes here. it feels like <laughs> my. There's a song that says, you know, my emotions are on the swing set every oh, day, mercy. going wow. back and wow. forth. And I, I've had to learn to deal with that, you know how can God, how can I learn to overcome my nature and be content and be joyful Mm. despite the circumstances? Mm -hmm. And it's not something that we learn one day. Mm -hmm. We have to teach ourselves. We have to say, okay, God, what can I thank you for today, even though my life isn't? where I would like it to be. It's a process. Absolutely.
0: And I mean, I think that goes into a little bit of the last thing that we can touch on. We only have a couple more minutes. But I think, you know, yes, it is something that we have to take on ourselves. And I think so often we hand all the responsibility to the clergy of the church. Hmm. But how is it that we can make, uh, why is it important not to make it solely about the clergy? And then maybe what are some practical ways of doing that? So I don't know Hmm. what your insights are. Right.
1: Um, Well, the pastor isn't always there. You know, oh. he's all, he isn't always available, you know, sometimes, you know, churches think that the perfect pastor is the one who visits everybody and is always mm-hmm. in his office, right. you know, and that's not, that's never the case. In the physical structure. In the <laughs> physical structure of things. It's, it's just, it's unrealistic. So, you know, I feel that the person um, who really will experience the best out of church mm-hmm. will know how to properly interact with mm-hmm. other people in mm-hmm. the church. -hmm. You know, experience ministry with others in the church to be out, to be, uh, um, allow themselves, to allow myself to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and say, you know, hey guys, you know, not everything's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I I am messed up. I am broken right now. Mm. Um, Can you please pray for me? Yes. And a lot of the best ministry I've experienced in my life haven't always come from, you know, preachers, you know, Bible workers or evangelists necessarily, but they have been from common people in the church. Absolutely. know.
0: And I think that we distance ourselves so often from that. Uh, Mm -hmm. We think that it's only, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with evangelism, but I mean, I think sometimes we think that's the only way that God works. Right. Right. You know, and it's really about the little things. You know, when someone has a baby and that person shows up with food for the family, at that moment they're the best pastor ever, <laughs> right, you know what I mean? And they right. could just be whoever in the congregation. Right. Yeah, yeah you look like you were going to say something. Did you have something you were going to say? No,
3: I don't think I had anything else oh, okay. to say. I was just really, uh, really, really appreciative of your comment. Um, sure. I often think about, you know, the things that we can do to help mentor um, mm-hmm. younger people with their characters and with you know going mm-hmm. from from this standpoint of what we're talking about and i think that there just needs to be more communication more dialogue between mm-hmm. the leadership and right. between the younger generation right. in the church right. because there's so many people with great morals in the world Absolutely. but every but people lack great character you know what right. i mean right. like people wow. have great mm-hmm. morals sure. you know the some people that don't smoke don't drink don't do all these things mm-hmm. but their character is just terrible, and so Absolutely. we as leaders and right. um, the leaders that are in the, the churches Absolutely. now need to start, I think, um, creating an environment where heart development can mm-hmm. really start to take place.
0: Absolutely, and teaching that to young mm-hmm. people, I think, is the most important thing because pretty soon we're going to be the older generation where we're <laughs> like, what is wrong with mm-hmm. your children You days? <laughs> oh, I wish they would just talk to me, you know, <laughs> and I think, I think that that's a lot of it, and I think that I know a lot of you are going into ministry of mm-hmm. some sort, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like, and I think it will be up to us to introduce the concept of it's not all about my face being in mm-hmm. the front. Hmm. It's about this community that we're growing together. Yes. And I'm not perfect, you're not perfect. Let's work together to, you know, yeah. introduce God to people outside right. of our walls Absolutely. and to encourage each other. Yes, uh,
1: Just one thing that yeah. I was reminded of, I remember um, in our Christian leadership class and um, our professor over there, you know, he was talking about how in the end, in the church, mm-hmm. the ministry, actually is not the pastor sometimes we think it's the pastor but it's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. he's just there to help the people find you know god's purpose for right. their lives get into the spirit ex- discover their gifts Right. they're the ones ministering Absolutely. to each other and to the community mm-hmm. you know so that's basically the Absolutely. role of the pastor the, the people cha- the
0: pastor's there to challenge that's Absolutely. Right. well we're out of time but thank yeah. you all so much for being mm-hmm. on the show you. you guys have brought in some really great points and insights and so thank you for that um, if you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbatschoolu.org. That's www.sabbatschool, the letter U, .org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Sarah Mae Clone, and we will see you next week.